This is Dr. August Kunkel in his teaching on the books of Chronicles. This is session number 15, Kingdom of Solomon. The Chronicler is really concerned about us and his community understanding God, who God is, what it means to be part of his kingdom in this world. So he has presented the reign of Solomon, and he will present the reigns of all of the kings to keep our focus on these essential features. The greatest part of his story, therefore, is devoted to the temple. But that isn't quite the whole story about Solomon. Uh, His other point is that uh, those who look to God as the life giver and those who trust God can expect that God is going to care for them and God is going to bless them. Now, this isn't uh, uh, unconditional in, in that sense. Uh, and the chronicler will illustrate that there are uh, various kings that come into dire straits. And uh, as we know from the book of Kings, Solomon himself came to be very conflicted at the end of his kingdom. But that does not take away from the greatness of his kingdom as it was to, given to him by God. So the conclusion of Solomon's account uh, here in chapter uh, 8 and 9 is to bring us back to uh, some of those uh, things uh, that uh, were um, uh, a part of Solomon's kingdom. Uh, Here he really repeats most of the material that we already have in Kings, but uh, we see the international influence of Solomon. He, in the presentation of Chronicles, is not uh, some uh, minor player in world affairs, but rather he truly does uh, represent significance in terms of the presence of God. And so uh, Lebanon and Syria, the two territories that are just to the north of uh, Israel, are of great interest in uh, Solomon's reign. They are interested in Solomon. Uh, there's a economic activity that goes between them. Uh, essentially, there's uh, uh, relationship in which the Phoenicians lend some of their resources, which are timbers and skills and maritime activities to Solomon. And Solomon, in turn, uh, supplies Lebanon with food, with uh, grain, uh, because that is found in abundance in Israel, particularly in the Jezreel Valley. Uh, and then, of course, uh, uh, Syria uh, which is uh, the territory uh, to the north around Damascus and so forth, uh, is in close relationship with Solomon. Uh, here, Solomon uh, refer here the chronicler refers to the way in which Solomon did his taxation. Uh, there is uh, something in um, 
the Bible that's called the Moss. Essentially, this is conscripted labor. Uh, now, uh, in Kings, we see that the conscripted labor pertained also to certain Israelites in the building of the temple, in that uh, every Israelite had to dedicate a portion of the year to working in the quarries or uh, working with the timbers in order to uh, build the temple. But the Sol- but Solomon depicts it, the chronicler depicts Solomon as relying exclusively on the non-Israelite residents, the Gurim, as they're called in Hebrew, as uh, being the ones who supplied the labor. Uh, I do often marvel at these things, uh, even uh, much more recent buildings uh, in uh, Europe and in England. Uh, given the tools that they had, uh, one wonders uh, how much human labor must have gone into building them, hewing timbers and hewing stones uh, the way that they were. Of course, I guess the best example is still the pyramids of Egypt, which are fitted together so very precisely with huge stones. Uh, To this very day, we don't really know how they could place these things together. But um, as the book of Job uh, points out, it was the lot of most of humans in the ancient world to simply be slaves to the king. Uh, It's not portrayed quite that grimly uh, by the chronicler, but the element is there. Uh, Those people who weren't the native landholders, the ones that uh, Moses had allotted territory, but the ones who had been living there, they could choose to become Israelites, but the ones who didn't become Israelites lived among them, and they were the ones who often paid the biggest price in terms of taxes. And uh, then, of course, uh, we have uh, temple worship at the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, I mentioned this already uh, earlier on, but the Feast of Tabernacles is the one that takes place in the fall. Uh, It's about uh, our time of October uh, when this takes place, and it is the... um, begins on the 14th of the month, as they all do. Uh, However, this is the uh, month in which we also celebrate the Day of Atonement, the Yom Kippur, uh, in which the temple is purified and all of the people are purified through the ritual uh, associated with that day. So uh, here in this chapter, the chronicler gives us an example of the worship at the Feast of the tabernacles during the reign of Solomon. Uh, Then uh, we see some of the grandeur of Solomon's kingdom uh, in terms of his international uh, influence with his uh, maritime activities way down at the Gulf of Aqaba. Now Phoenicia would have been the territory to the north where Solomon would have conducted his trade largely through the Phoenicians and through their ships. But the Phoenicians also assisted Solomon, according to the chronicler, uh, on the southern part of the nation, uh, on the Gulf of Aqaba, on the Red Sea, uh, so that uh, trade went uh, both west and south and east. Uh, This is, of course, a matter of uh, fact in history. We know that these nations conducted an enormous amount of business and trade, uh, had great skills in navigation, and uh, sailed great lengths. Uh, Really, uh, according to the chronicler, a a ship's journey could be up to three years. And the reason a ship's journey is up to three years is because 
Uh, they have to wait for the seasons and the favorable winds uh, so that the uh, ships can sail. Uh, and, of course, they were going large, large distances. So uh, this uh, was not a, a matter that uh, was very simple, but it certainly was important and was carried out. And we know very well the story of the Queen of Sheba, who comes to visit Solomon and is impressed with all of his kingdom and its glory, which is even more than what she had heard. And we have here a description of the royal pageantry. The ceremonial shields are described in great detail in kings. They were two kinds, a full body length shield and the smaller shield that you hold in your hands. But these were not used in warfare at all. They were used as part of pageantry in just showing the military powers of a nation. Uh, much of the same way as we have uh, military kinds of parades and things. Uh, the the um, chronicler describes Solomon's throne as being one of six steps, which probably means that the platform on which the throne itself sat, sat was the seventh step. Most thrones had seven steps, and he describes the the lion's heads or the cherubim that sat on each step. And so those would be very reflective of the pictures uh, which we saw earlier on. A magnificent throne uh, that included uh, ivory and so forth. And then the um, uh, commercial and military trade uh, given in more detail here in what's called a Tarshish ship. Uh, Tarshish ship is, does not reference to the place. There is a place called Tarshish. Uh, but the ship probably gets its name from the long distance of Tarshish. Uh, Tarshish ship was a large cargo ship uh, that was capable of sailing great distances with a lot of freight. Uh, so these were a, uh, a very common kind of uh, uh, cargo transportation. And uh, this is uh, what uh, Solomon was engaged in. And then uh, a cavalry can't be maintained without uh, horses and the breeding of horses and the training of horses. And here we read of uh, Solomon's uh, dealing with Egypt uh, and also with uh, areas in southern Turkey in which he uh, trained horses and traded in horses to build his cavalry. And then finally we have an epitaph to the rule of Solomon. So in the chronicler's version of Solomon, uh, the kingdom ends in grandeur and it ends with a very positive portrayal of all that God would ask for a man of peace, a person of shalom. Now there was another aspect to Solomon's kingdom. We know that uh, he ended up in complete conflict with uh, his main military leader, Jeroboam, uh, that Jeroboam uh, fled to uh, Egypt for safety. And uh, Jeroboam is going to show up in the chronicler's uh, story, but he doesn't show up during the reign of Solomon. The reign of Solomon is depicted in the most ideal fashion to show us what the kingdom of God is um, meant to uh, look like uh, in, in, the, um, in, the, in the ideal. This is Dr. August Kunkel in his teaching on the books of Chronicles. This is session number 15, Kingdom of Solomon. <laughs> 